What's new at Cold Wax Academy? As Rebecca and Jerry reach the end of their third year of live sessions, they are launching a new phase of programming aimed at reviewing and reinforcing foundation topics, beginning with color in their summer quarter that ends on July 5th. This summer sessions will also include mentoring and professional development topics, as well as a painting clinic and a member critique. As always, members of Cold Wax Academy have unlimited streaming and access to over 100 previously recorded sessions, and a table of contents to easily find specific topics in the recordings will soon be available. For more information and to join Cold Wax Academy, please visit coldwaxacademy.com. That's coldwaxacademy.com. That's all for now. On with the show. Hello and welcome to The Messy Studio with Rebecca Kroll, the podcast at the intersection of art, travel, entrepreneurship, philosophy, and life in general. I am Ross Tickner, Rebecca's audio producer, podcast guru, and her son. On today's episode, we are talking about surviving your opening. Art openings are fun, right? Your friends and family are there to celebrate. Your work is beautifully displayed. You meet new people who are interested in what you do, and you may see some red dots appear. So why do so many artists approach their opening receptions with mixed feelings or even dread? Even if you feel excited about the show and grateful for the opportunity to exhibit, you may still feel nervous about being in the spotlight or confused about what's expected from you or disappointed by a small turnout. Even openings that live up to your highest expectations can feel overwhelming. Today, we'll take an inside look at how to survive and even enjoy your next art opening. With me, as always, is Rebecca Kroll. Hello, everyone. So um, I'm looking forward to my own opening um, at Winter Road Gallery in Santa Fe next month on August 11th. And so I started thinking about openings, and the, the topic brings back so many memories of openings of mine that just ranged all over the place from, you know, really good ones to really bad ones. And a lot of them that were just sort of, okay, we'll get through this. Um, and, and it's, I don't know, a little bit of reminiscing um, on this episode probably, but, but also some things that I've kind of uh, definitely learned over the years that make things a little bit easier. So I want to share that. And, and while, while it's kind of um, fun to share sort of horror stories about the bad openings, I do, I do want to emphasize the positive things. Um, yes, they can be challenging, but there's such a good feeling about seeing your work. Um, as you said in the intro, it's on the wall. It's, it's well displayed. It's it's going to look as good there as it will ever look <laughs> in the gallery with the right lighting, with the white walls, hopefully with some space around it. And it's exciting to see that. And you've been in your studio preparing for this exhibit for a long time and, and probably pretty isolated. And a lot of times, maybe a friend or two sees it, but most of the time, you know, a lot of people have not seen this new work. So you've been just sort of holed up making it and and uh, anticipating hanging it. And now there it is. And there's, to me, there's always this sort of elevated quality about it that you don't see 
in the studio. And in my own studio, of course, it's a bit messy. <laughs> the walls are messy. There's paint on the walls. There's junk on the floor. Sometimes the paintings are just leaning against a table or something. And that's how, you know, for this upcoming show, that's how I've been living with them. So I'm looking forward to seeing them in their in their best light. And I've had this experience more than once of going into the gallery and seeing the work. And it's almost kind of dreamlike um, because you're seeing it in a new way. And, and there's this feeling of, is that really my work? Is that the same stuff that was kicking around my studio for months? And now it's it's looking different somehow. And it's I see different things in it. And so I, I really like that. You know, it's it's just taking, it's a new experience to see it hanging that way. I guess that's the point. And the the other thing about openings that it's just really good is that you're getting, people are looking and you're getting attention and appreciation from an audience that's wider than your friends, your family, or people who might see it in your studio. So that's pretty affirming that there are people that you don't even know coming in and looking. And it, it, that can also be a bit intimidating, but it's, it's affirming of, you know, your role as an artist to bring things uh, in front of people that they're going to enjoy looking at and, and, you know, get involved in looking at. So, <laughs> so that's, that's the good stuff. And that's why I basically really enjoy openings. I look forward to openings. Um, but I know that there is, there's the other side because you are dealing with a lot of people. <laughs> There's a lot of people in that gallery, you hope, anyway. And during the opening, it's hard to kind of keep keep yourself kind of centered and and just be yourself. And, and you're, at least in my experience, your mind goes to your expectations. And you, you see people looking at your work. And the ones that are really looking, maybe they have a price list in their hand. That can, I don't know, it's it's both exciting that somebody might be serious about your work or buying something, but it's it's distracting too because people will pick up price lists just to see titles and things and walk around with it. It doesn't really mean that they're planning to buy something. And that's just one example of just kind of a visual clues when you're standing in your opening that you can kind of get wrong. <laughs> and I have certainly fallen um, to that one and, and observed somebody who seemed like they're about to get out their checkbook and then they put, put the price list down and leave. And that was that. So um, I think that is like taming your expectations uh, during the opening is, is a really, is a good idea. Um, but you can also have the opposite where you're just afraid that everything's going to not go well. That might be more common, that you feel pretty anxious. How's it going to go? Um, and I, there's this, kind of goes along with that feeling of seeing your work as if it's, it's almost like done by somebody else when you see it in that environment. There's this strange sensation of, this is your inner world. You know, this is your your private world that you brought into your work and now it's sort of colliding with 
the outer world. And it's, 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 it's coming face to face with people who are looking at it on some level, judging it, um, even if it's just a personal like or dislike. But there's this interaction going on that is, uh, it's not something you normally experience, really, I don't think, because, you know, usually who's in your studio is probably somebody that you know, and these are strangers. So, um, Do you have a similar feeling when you see your work on display in somebody's home or in a setting where somebody has purchased the work? Or did, are you put at ease by the fact that, like, somebody genuinely likes this enough to pay a bunch of money for it Well, uh, yes. versus the opening where it's kind of like who knows what people are thinking? The opening is a lot of a lot of unknowns and including what do people think of it when they're looking at it. And so when I see my work hanging in somebody's home, I, yes, I feel really good about that. Um, I know they're appreciating it and that they loved it and they wanted it there. And it can also have that uh, a different quality than, than it would have just in my studio it's going to be in some place of honor and, you know, surrounded by their stuff. And it's it's really interesting to see that. I, I really like to see, sometimes people send photos after they buy something and I see it, you know, in their environment. And it, it's always, it feels good. You know, I like that. But the opening is much more um, unknown, uneasy, I guess, in that way. And it can seem like, usually openings are, two hours, three hours, and you're standing there. And it can seem so endless. <laughs> like, will, will this thing ever end? Even even if you're sort of into it, even if you're kind of enjoying it, it's, um, it's tiring for one thing. You're just standing and talking and you're on, you know, you're just being on. <laughs> and so it is um, something that is, is seldom enough that it's not a big deal but but the experience of being in that in that position is is something people do dread i mean I, i've heard enough other artists say oh you know i don't look forward to this at all and all that um and i i you know i get that um so i kind of mentioned in the beginning that i've had a lot of different kinds of of openings i've been exhibiting my work for about 40 years now. So the the range of experiences at openings from really wonderful to just kind of excruciating. Um, and it's just kind of um, funny to think about the different kinds. Like if you're in a group show, you're one of a crowd of people that are showing, or maybe a small crowd. Maybe you're in a show with two or three other people, but you have company. <laughs> and and you're, you know, it feels different, and you you may still feel in the spotlight um, because obviously your work's on the wall, but it's more of a shared experience. So solo shows or two person show, you really are in the spotlight, and um, it's it is more pressure. So um, just thinking back to some of the experiences. I have had a few where my work was actually selling well at the opening, and that was really exciting. And I'm going to explain in a minute that that's not 
very common that you sell a lot at the opening. But it did happen <laughs> uh, at twice, two different openings. And it's that was just exciting. I mean, I kept seeing little red dots go up or somebody in the gallery would come over and tell me that there had been another sale. And that is, that's just what you dream about. You know, that was, that was ideal. Um, and a few openings though were, you know, hardly anyone came and I spent the whole time just feeling awkward and, you know, dealing with some real deflated emotions that my expectations were, were cut. And that's, that's when that time can really seem long. <laughs> Stand around for very long, feeling sort of bad. Um, so um, one of the worst of uh, that openings that I experienced uh, was a group show. And it was, you know, I did have less of the pressure that it was all on me. But it was a fairly large group show. But I had maybe six or seven pieces and I just, I felt like it was, I, I just wasn't engaged somehow. And there were a lot of people coming through, but they weren't really looking at my work. And it, it was a, an out of town for me experience. So I didn't know anyone. I hadn't invited anyone personally. Um, and I was just sort of standing around and, and wandering around looking at the rest of the show, but just feeling, why did I come? Because I had traveled to get there. And I just, I guess it was a learning experience that if you have to travel to an opening, it's probably um, wise if it's one where you will be in the spotlight and your time will be well spent. And there was another opening that I always think of when I think of difficult or awkward ones. Um, so it was a gallery where I was having a solo show, a gallery I really liked, and this was a number of years ago. And the owner, the director had set up a special um, pre-opening event that would then flow into the regular opening. And so she had invited a bunch of architects and interior designers to come. And I was pretty hyped up about this. I thought, wow, this is like great. You know, I'm really going to, you know, be able to engage them with my work. And what happened was that it was for them, it was happy hour. It was a Friday afternoon. There was wine and food, and hardly anyone moved away from the from the food table. <laughs> and I'm standing over there with my work, feeling sort of like an idiot, you know, just what's going on here? And that was really difficult. I, it went on for quite a. I was at least an hour of that, and then the regular opening started, and and people started coming in. So then I was fine. But you know, those are just examples of the kind of things that you don't want to have happen but they do sometimes and I think you just you just have to roll with it and and you know realize that stuff it doesn't mean your work isn't good it doesn't it could be the weather people are not wanting to come out if you don't get a crowd it could be something else big is going on it could be a lot of things so um just trying to be realistic about what's happening I guess uh I mean, most openings are, are fairly routine. You get a decent flow of people and you get some sales and, you know, some conversations and all that. And it's fine, you know, and then it's over and it was not a huge big deal. Well, let's take a quick minute and take a look at what deals are available from Blick. 
Utrecht artists' imperfect oil paint tubes and cans are now 65% off. Blick is clearing out imperfect tubes of Utrecht artist oil paints. This is your chance to stock up on these professional quality oil paints at incredible sale prices. Limited quantities available while supplies last, all sales are final. Prized by professionals for their brilliant color, rich texture, outstanding light fastness, and excellent long-term performance, Utrecht has been handcrafting these fine artist oil colors in Brooklyn, New York for over 50 years. High pigment concentrations guarantee superior tinting strength and remarkable vibrancy straight from the tube. These are the same high-quality Utrecht artist oils that you normally buy. They're just tubes and cans that have been dented during shipping or handling, and uh, they're just not quite perfect, but it's the same high-quality paint inside. To get the imperfect Utrecht artist oil paint tubes and cans at 65% off list price, please remember to use our affiliate link, which is, of course, MessyStudioPodcast.com slash Blick. That's MessyStudioPodcast.com slash B-L-I-C-K. That takes you straight through to the regular Blick website. But when you use our affiliate link, then Blick will donate a very generous 10% to the Messy Studio Podcast, which really helps us to pay bills around here. So once again, that's MessyStudioPodcast.com slash Blick. That's all for now. Let's get back into the show. Okay, so I wanted to talk specifically about a few things that over time... And believe me, it took time sometimes. <laughs> I've learned about openings and, and things to think about either before the opening or during it or afterwards that, I don't know, just kind of help make it a little bit easier. And I, I did mention to keep expectations low. I think that is one of the best pieces of advice. And it doesn't mean you can't be, you know, upbeat when you're there or anything, but but the biggest thing to realize is for the people that come, it's a party. <laughs> it's not, and, and it's not as much, yes, it's about your work, but it's also a social event. And I just came from an opening um, before we started recording. And I actually, I was, the small pieces on the wall that I wanted to get up close to, I actually had to sort of say, excuse me, excuse me, as people were standing right in front of the work chatting, drinking wine, blocking the view. And that's so common. It's just, it's a party. And there's nice things on the wall. <laughs> um, and I guess thinking of the opening itself as something that's going to make or break your chance of success with a show, that's where it's off base. Because you can have an opening where, not, where you don't make any sales, where for whatever reason, you don't feel like much happened. And yet, it that was, it doesn't matter. That's just the opening event. And then usually your show's up for a couple of weeks, and that's when things tend to happen. Um, I mean, we, we just can't help observing people looking at our work, as I mentioned. And some people are there to really look. But serious collectors tend to come back. You know, they may come to the opening to see their friends, but if they're going to buy something, it's probably going to be later when they can really think about it and look at it and everything like that. Um, and most most of us, most of us artists, have been on the other side of it lots of times where we're the ones at the party. <laughs> we're carefree and enjoying ourselves and our friends, and um, and that's 
that's just the way it is. So as an artist, you see, you see both sides of it. I, you're there, when you're there, the artist, you're thinking it's all about your work. <laughs> it's, it's not really. Um, and then there's the galleries reasons for having the opening, which are, if it's a commercial gallery, that's, you know, what I'm talking about with sales and all that. Their main purpose is promotion. It's sales. And so they are selling your work. They're also selling you in a way as an interesting person, um, as somebody who's living the art life, um, as somebody who can connect with collectors. And so this puts a certain amount of pressure on the artists that may not be very welcome because you become, you become an agent to sell your work, even though they're in charge. So you're sort of a salesperson in a way, <laughs> in a very blunt way. And there are very few artists who are comfortable in that role, I would say. There are some, but um, it's just not something that you have experience with or you really know how to handle. Um, it means when you're at the opening, you need to mingle, not get too caught up in um, conversation with any one person, and also to have something to say about your work. If you can engage people in conversation, it's kind of like, what's your story? What's your context? Even if you have posted a, an artist statement or this one on a table, a lot of people don't read those, or they may skim it, you know. But but again, it's it's kind of a, a loud social atmosphere, and it may be hard to even read something with concentration. So when you're talking to people, it's like you you need a little quick thing to help people get it to to a way in, I suppose. Um, and. Uh, do you ever talk with the gallery owner uh, ahead of time to, to figure out what exactly your uh, responsibilities are or what their expectations of you are for an opening? Well, I think that's a great idea. Um, I, and I, at this point, I, I pretty much know, you know, because of doing this a lot. But if it's, if it's new to you, I think that's a great idea. Um, and obviously they they take responsibility for the sales but you're kind of the front person <laughs> and that's um that's an odd awkward role it can be you know for for you so maybe talking about it ahead of time is is a really it's a good idea um and i you know i was talking about mingling and it's it's i find it so hard to just go up to people, say, hi, I'm the artist, you know, it's, it's a step that, it, you know, I just have to kind of push myself sometimes. And I, I want it to feel natural, you know, and one of the things that I, I realize that artists get this advice sometimes where you should go to people and say, um, well, do you have any questions? Would you like to know something about the work? Now, that's not bad. But in my experience, if you ask the person who's looking at your work to respond, to do something, to say something, they may sort of back away, you know, because there's this whole aspect of looking at art and talking about art that a lot of people aren't comfortable with. And if they feel that they have to say something intelligent or ask you a good question, 
it's really putting them on the spot. And so I don't think that's, that's really the best approach. I'd say something a little bit more innocuous or just, you know, friendly, like, um, you know, hi, well, I hope you're enjoying the show or something like that. They don't have to respond to that. They can just smile and nod, you know, and it's, it's a little more comfortable. And if they do want to talk, then, then you've had the opening. Um, and, and a lot of people love to talk about themselves. So, and, you know, that's okay, too. Like, oh, um, is this your first time in the gallery? Where are you from? That kind of thing. On the other hand, it can quickly <laughs> go into, they're telling you about their last vacation or something. <laughs> At that point, you sort of need to say politely, okay, well, I must move on, you know. <laughs> because I've had that experience where I, I think somebody wants to talk to you. You're the artist. And yet, they don't really know how to get into the conversation. And it's a friendly thing to talk about your vacation. But, you know, your time at the opening is pretty prime. And a lot of times um, you have friends and family at your opening. And that's, that's a great thing. Um, you know, you want them there. They, they relax you. It's a friendly face. Um, and, and also you, you like them to see what it is you do and it's, it's a nice opportunity, but that can be difficult because it is so tempting <laughs> if your best friend is there to stand and talk to your best friend, somebody, anybody that you feel comfortable with, anybody in your family and, and avoid the more difficult things of interacting with the public. And I know that gallery owners don't like that. I've heard that. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're happy that you have these people come to support you. But, you know, that's not what they want you to be doing. And so that's a, that's a little tricky. And, um, and I hope I don't, you know, embarrass my, my co-host here by saying, if you have small children, try not to be the one in charge of your children at the openings. <laughs> Because I could tell a few stories there um, of my own experience with small children at openings, and it's pretty distracting. And the kids are restless or... Um, yeah, it wasn't fun for us either. I know. I mean, why were you there? <laughs> and And if you have, you know, maybe you're like in charge of your elderly mother or something. And so... I, I remember a few openings where family stuff was pretty distracting. And so it's really good if you're going to bring people that are going to need attention to your opening to, you know, get somebody else to take that on. It's, it's just too much. <laughs> um, so those are, those are a few tips. I would also say nervousness ahead of time is, is perfectly normal. It's like stage fright, you know, and, Usually, once you get into it, you're fine. I mean, one of the things that I have run into trouble with myself is I did, I'm not giving myself enough time before the opening. So the opening starts at 5, and for some reason, I guess I'm procrastinating about getting ready or something. And there have been openings where I barely had time to change clothes and clean up and jump in the car and hurry to the opening and that's not a really good way to start. So I always think, 
relax a little ahead of time, take your time getting ready, and, you know, arrive in a peaceful state of mind as much as possible. Um, and I'm, I'm not sure how I always get off track with that, but I'm, I'm vowing to do better, <laughs> even get there early, um, and just, you know, try to just be relaxed about it. Um, but I think it is a function of nervousness. I think the closer it gets to the time that I have to be going, I get a little flustered and I, I don't know what happens. <laughs> um, so let's see, what else? Um, well, we we're just talking about getting ready. So obviously you dress comfortably. That's, I mean, a given because you're going to be standing around but it is also tempting to wear something impractical <laughs> because it, you think it's really cool or something and or or shoes that you know are not going to be comfortable when you're standing around in them because but they're really great shoes you know it's it's a fashion enters in when it you really need to think comfort and so i've got i've got some go-to things i've got ankle boots that i wear so they look nice but they're not high heels or anything like that um, I avoid jackets or sweaters because even in the winter, a gallery gets hot under the lights and there's all these people in there. And sometimes if it's really part of what you're wearing and you don't really want to take it off, but it can get, you can get pretty overheated. Um, I like pockets if I can wear like loose pants with pockets because, um, rather than carrying a purse, uh, because people may hand you things and whatever that is, you know, um, a brochure, a card, uh, something, and then you you don't have anywhere to put it. And also I keep my phone handy in my pocket because I take pictures and taking pictures is another great way to uh, relax yourself a little bit. You can walk around taking pictures of the crowd and spend some time doing that. And you, you know, you sort of smile and say, Oh, hi, let me take your picture. And you don't, you know, you're approachable, you're friendly, but you don't have to talk that much. And so I, um, I, that's one of my little tips, <laughs> just, you know, keep that, keep that phone handy. Um, when you're, when I'm at the opening and there's food and drink, uh, I don't tend to, to take sometimes there's there's a lot of food maybe there's a little plate and people put stuff on the plate and carry it around I don't tend to do that because it can get messy and it can get in the way of shaking hands and stuff so I'll just nibble a bit at the table but not load up a plate and and then there's all the free wine and you know that's a trap because you often feel nervous and you want to relax so you have some wine and I don't know. It's I, I try to alternate, you know, have a glass of wine and then some water and drink water for a while, then maybe another glass. But I, you know, it's almost a cliche, the the artist at the opening that's had too much wine. <laughs> and again, not something that gallery people would appreciate if you overdo that. Um, oh, let's see. Oh, in terms of photos too, try to get somebody to take photos of you with your work because that's a great thing to have in your in your photo albums for publicity and you know you're you're dressed up you're looking nice stand with your painting and you really can't have too many of those <laughs> uh in your in your um 
files for publicity. And I guess the last thing I would say is, um, after the opening is over, and there can be a bit of a letdown. I mean, you're sort of exhausted emotionally, maybe physically, from so much standing. And um, and you, the tendency is, of course, to, to kind of... Um, uh, like go through it in your mind. How did it go? And evaluate the whole thing. And it might that might be as you're driving home, or maybe that night before you go to bed, or something. And one of the big questions you're going to have is, did I make any sales? I mean, that's often top of your mind. And it's often people will say, well, how did your opening go? <laughs> and it always sounds like they're saying, how many paintings did you sell at your opening? You know, and and like I said uh, earlier. Um, sales don't happen that often at an opening. People come back later. So um, so if your show's up for a couple of weeks, most of the time the gallery will keep you updated, but they really don't want you calling them up every single day. <laughs> and, you know, I think it's fine to wait a few days and then see if there's any updates and maybe do that once or twice before the show is over. And then, um, you know, then you'll have, a, you'll have the right picture of what happened. And sometimes sales happen even when the whole show is over. And somebody saw something and they'll come back to the gallery. They'll get it out of inventory and, and make a sale. Um, so that's probably the biggest one. There's other things you can think about. You know, did you connect with anybody? Did you have some good conversations? Were there any comments or feedback that you want to remember? Sometimes people will say really insightful things about your work. And, you know, I like to, if I can remember them, I write them down because that can be helpful in writing something yourself about your work, um, explaining it to somebody. And so there can be some little gems that come your way. And if you try to remember to write them down at some point, um, and then the other thing, I know I've mentioned this in other podcasts, but ideally, and this doesn't always happen, but ideally, when the show's over and the gallery is during a quiet time of the day when the show's up, if you can go back in and really spend some time with your work and, again, maybe make some notes, maybe bring a friend along and just talk about everything. And because it really is... It's the time when all your work is up. All the work that you've done for the show is there. And that's a really nice opportunity to, you know, kind of have your own overview about it. Well, do you have any final thoughts to wrap up this episode? Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I've, I've thrown a lot of stuff out there. And, and people that have been have had a lot of their own openings will identify with some of that. Um if you if you're newer to the process, maybe there's something helpful there. Uh, but I I do think that no matter where uh, where you are as an artist, and and among all the things that you have to do as an artist, all the responsibilities and things that you handle all the time as far as art business, openings stand out as something that a lot of people find pretty challenging. So. Um, yeah, hopefully there's there's some food for thought there. All right, well, that just about wraps up this episode of The Messy Studio. For more from The Messy Studio, please go to MessyStudioPodcast.com and sign up for the email list. 
You can also find The Messy Studio on Facebook, as well as Rebecca's public profile page. For more from Rebecca Kroll, check out RebeccaKroll.com and Cold Wax Academy at ColdWaxAcademy.com. Be sure to sign up for the email list to stay up to date on events, book signings, and openings. For more from myself, Ross Tickner, check out RossTickner.com. The Messy Studio is a Tick Digital Media production. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week with more art and entertainment. Until then, embrace your creative space, messy or otherwise. Thanks, everybody.